Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Uh, today, we are going to talk about uh, performance reviews and performance reviews in the technology area. Um, so like Rochelle, performance reviews were something that I really did not uh, pay any attention to until probably like way too late in my career. <laughs> like, I don't know, like uh, coming from a non-business background, whenever we had performance reviews, like they always started off weird because it's like, how are you doing? It's like, oh, you're doing great. Or you're not so doing great. Or you're doing mixed. And these are the things you should work on. And it's like, okay, I guess it's nice to like check in once a year and hear all that. And it really wasn't until like I started doing more management stuff where it was like, oh, like performance reviews are a big deal. Like they go into like how much money you're making. Uh, well, I guess that's really the big thing is how much money you're making, but in uh, professional development uh, as well. And I know that I come to it from sort of a, a perspective of, uh, blissful ignorance maybe like I just sort of stumbled through them all and they seem to be uh as far as like uh having my own performance reviews and uh I'm I'm curious what your perspective is and how you've sort of seen them and in, in your like long long career so I have I have been a manager for probably 25 or 30 years mm-hmm. and at the beginning, performance reviews almost start out as a pain in the neck, right? So oh, yeah. annually, you bring your employees and tell them what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, you know, encourage them to do different things. Um, but but as I've gotten older, you know, what I've learned about performance reviews, are they a great opportunity to get to know your employee, hmm. to find out what your employee wants, what's working for him or her, you know, how are you managing them? You know, are you, you, you understanding that this is about more managing work than people, you know, it, yeah. it's a, it's a great tool. It's if there is money, um, it's an opportunity to see that they get the most that they can, because as a manager and, and I am, I, I do not subscribe to the thought of managing people, but mm-hmm. managing work. And yeah. if you are fortunate enough to supervise people, you know, these are your assets and you should be their biggest advocate. You should be advocating for them to get the most money, promotions, opportunities to work. Um, and so if you use your, your skill set, and I will tell you, this does not come natively, you know, like you don't wake up thinking because you're part of the leadership of the organization. So they've got a, 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 an agenda mm-hmm. and you're here trying to manage, navigate that agenda with your persons. Um, And it's not always easy. Um, I always tell people when you get a new job, this is the time to get the biggest bang for your buck, right? So get the most money you can, get the best title you can, get the best stock options, best office, best vacation, whatever it is that you're trying to get, you can get it. 
And a yeah. lot of people think that these things are fixed. So like if you come to Duke, Duke tells you, well, you, you know, you get eight hours of sick and you get X number of hours that increase your longevity at Duke. But yeah. in reality, I know lots of people at Duke who have benefits of 15, 20 hours uh, per month, you know, 10, 15 hours sick vacation per month, you know, because they yeah. learn how to negotiate and they see the value in themselves. When I started my company after I retired and got really invested in it, one of the things I try to do is work with people to do that. You know, mm -hmm. branding yourself helps you identify what's the best about you. So when you go into that performance review, you are fully equipped to navigate and negotiate what's happening in that meeting. Yeah. So it's a really important thing to think about, you know, as, as being encouraging as you possibly can as that person's product manager. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's but but it is it's it's, it's a harrowing time. Uh, most employees don't like them. They're very formal. You know, there's paper. You got to do a self assessment or some kind of how you see yourself. Then they tell you how they see you, and it's yeah. it's, it's not been fun. And I've always been, I've always thought that you know there's a better way. You know, and if you tie employee retention to performance review, there's a direct correlation. Uh, how so? Like, what do you mean? So if let's just say I'm your supervisor and I call you in for your mid-year review mm -hmm. and I'm like, Drew, you know, you've been working on this go thing for a while, you know, you haven't mastered it yet. And, you know, we've got these deadlines to go through and I really need you to step it up on that a little bit. Do you need to go to training or is it something you need? Mm -hmm. What did you hear me say? Uh, how about some training? <laughs> That's the truth. Well, most people heard me say that you weren't doing a good job. Most people uh, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 that is well. Good job. And so yeah. what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, could they let me go? You know, could I, you know, not get a raise, yeah. whatever it is. So, you know, depends on how those things are phrased. You either engage or disengage your employee. Where yeah. if I would have come into the conversation and say, Drew, how's your work with the Go Project going? And you say, well, you know, I've been on time. I've had a few challenges, but, you know, we're working it out. Yeah. Yeah. It changes the conversation so you don't feel like you're under attack. If I yeah. say to you in response, oh, that's excellent, Drew. There are some things I think we need to focus on, you know, to get this moving a little further. Do you need some additional help or training or is there something that you need to help? It's encouraging you all along the way versus condemning you or, you know, telling you, oh, you need to step it up or you need to get a better game plan. And in reality, you know, there are lots of reasons why employees don't perform at their peak. And sometimes it is simply, you know, timing. You've got too much on your plate. You know, you've got home and work life balance things going on, or the project requires more resources than that have been allocated to you. There are yes. lots of things about why things don't go that well. And if people who are in the job of providing performance reviews talk to their employees in the sense that I want to keep you, yeah, I want you to stay with me. You're valuable. I love you. I love the work that you do. You come out better, yeah. even if you're even if the outcome, if the employee doesn't get a, a, an increase this year, doesn't get a promotion, doesn't get, you know, whatever the way you approach the employee as from a positive side, you're more likely to retain that thing. Mm -hmm. I've read so many studies that have said money is not the only thing that keeps employees. Usually it's a combination of things. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I think you brought up a really good point of even uh, like when I think about like language of managing folks, uh, when I first started managing, 
I said something that in my head was like very innocuous. It was like, hey, so-and-so, uh, do you think that you could do this project in like two months or something? And I, I can't remember the exact words, but it came out in a way that he was like, do you think that I can't do that project <laughs> in X months? And it was like, it was like, are we having a problem? And it's like, oh, no, no. It was just like, it was a valid question. Like yes or no would have been totally fine. But because of that sort of like manager employee dynamic, like, there was a lot of, I don't know if it was like unspoken or just like nervousness in between or something where it was like, okay, I, I don't know what I should have said instead of that, but maybe just something more positive or like you're saying, like something more empowering as opposed to a, uh, you know, just, hey, give me a yes or no this time. What do you think? <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, and I think that, you know, our use of words, you know, you know, example, um, I think you're doing a great job. So that's a that's a, a positive sentence, but it has all kinds of implications behind it. It could be a but. You could you the way you heard it could be a but. You know, it could be you know nebulous. You know, you say it all the time. You know, one of the words I say to people all the time when they say something or do something to me is I always say excellent, because like it's it's a step above great, and it encourages the person to keep striving for that excellent, right? Yeah. So you know. As, as much as we can do with our language, one of the things that we could do and do very, very well is to think about ourselves in that place. So if the minute you go into your performance review with your product employee uh, and you sit, put yourself in the chair of the employee, right? So now you're talking to your manager, right? Mm -hmm. And so depending on how your relationship, if you have a great relationship with your manager, pretty casual, pretty relaxed, you should strive to achieve that relationship with your product employee so that you are not... Uh, putting the onus of that relationship on the employee. You never know what's going on in people's homes. So you and I talked about suicide mm -hmm. and mental health. You know, people could be going through a middle of divorce. They can have financial strife. They can have children. You, you never know what the issue is. And if in that stressful times, you book time on their calendar, 30 minutes, an hour, to talk to them about their performance. With all the other things going on, that could be pretty stressful to have that, oh my God, I got to go in and see my boss or my product manager, uh, yeah. you know, and, and talk to him or her and only God knows how this is going to come out. Yeah. You know, there's some, some real simple things. If the company has not allocated any money or if it's, a, here's, I'm going to give you the, the, the housekeeping up front, you know, so, you know, everybody at this place is only getting a 10% increase this year. There's no room for negotiating that. Um, we aren't offering any promotions or, you know, but here are some other things that you could think about. So, you know, we've got lots of projects, you know, you could take some self-initiative and find things that you think we should be doing, or, you know, look at, we really want to involve you in how we do our work and how this company is run. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that, uh, I guess one thing that I always, and this is another thing that I sort of learned, like through being a manager that I did not know before I was a manager. And it's like, I guess, sort of like the importance of those self-evaluation things and maybe not necessarily the importance, but just sort of the opportunity that it gives you to uh, like highlight things that maybe your manager did not know about. Like, you know, in my pre-management days, my self-eval was like, oh, let me remember like a couple things. I'll just write them in there, pass it on up. The manager knows everything else. And now it's like, oh no, I keep like, I found it very useful to keep detailed records on everything and put Absolutely. everything you can in that self-eval and just sort of like, 
I guess that's another thing I've been trying to do is just sort of encourage people that may not know how important they are that, hey, like that's one thing that can have like a very positive impact on your review. If, you know, just specifying the things that you think are the highlights versus leaving it to your uh, boss to think up what those highlights are. But they have, they too are subjective, right? So Mm -hmm. let's just say you picked all the great projects you worked on. So you worked on Go and you worked on Apache and you worked on all these and you just list all these things that you did. You came in in the middle of the night, you drove through a snowstorm, all of this stuff you put on there. And the person who's looking at it might say, well, what happened to that project where such, such, or, you know, so what I always try to do is say more generic, right? Mm -hmm. This this calendar year or this happy year, I've worked on 17 projects all to completion, all within the deadline. And I work with person X, Y, and Z because that narrative now changes from regurgitating the work that the person assigned to you to more Mm -hmm. thinking about how you are fulfilling the company's missions and goals. So um, you can identify those 17 projects if you want to, but they are it should already know because they they would have been the one who assigned it unless you just yeah. picked up something from another department or something because i know there's co- co-working in various places but yeah. if you sit down and you write a narrative kind of you know what have i done to make this organization better yeah. so on time within budget i worked across the aisle with you know i brought in joe who didn't understand anything about this and now he's he's getting up to speed you know, uh, we have been taking on some initiatives to clean up some of the, ex- you know, something like that, that kind of gives the person who's reading it a sense that this is really my guy, my girl, this person is really engaged and fully committed to meeting our agenda. So I think it's very important to remember all those things. But remember this, if you left where you are now and you went to another part of your organization or you went to another organization, if your personnel file followed you, mm-hmm. that narrative you just told about all the great things you just did and all that stuff stands out much better than listing. So if you went, let's just say, if you went from, you were working in IT and let's just say you went to working in um, neuro neurosciences or something, mm-hmm. I don't know, health tech or something like that, FinTech, that person is not going to be able to identify with all of those things you listed. But if you summarize, you know, I was given X number of projects. They were all completed on time. I've reached out to other people. I created documentation. I did training. I made several videos, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. And that's, I think that's another thing that I guess I didn't really realize about performance reviews either is you're trying to say like, what did you do for the business? Right? Like what, what money did you save or what did you advance? Like what are those people at the top, like, what did you do for them? (laughs) Right? Right. Like, not necessarily what did I find fun, but how much money did I save? Or, you know, how many projects did I bring in on time? Like, that's a that's a really good point. Do you think that there's ever a case for having an organization uh, without performance reviews? Like, do you think there's an alternative? Yes. So you put the foosball table, the uh, um, hot uh, the frisbee thing in the play in the play yard you mm-hmm. put great food in the uh in the in the kitchen and the wherever the dining area is i think that little gestures that say that you recognize your employees contributions mm-hmm. go just as far as a performance review so if you could in the like let's just say everybody had gone back into the office and everybody's working uh in the office if you could say at 10 o'clock 
took a break, go for a walk around the park, uh, you know, play some Frisbee with friends, ping pong, whatever you do. Just think about how decompressing that is. Oh, yeah. Whereas our performance review is only you and your employer reviewing the way you worked in this certain period of time, where if you didn't have a performance review, the product manager, and I don't know how to say it any better than that, but has an sure. open door. You can go in anytime you want to. You can send an email, text, whatever you want to check in. You yeah. know, you know, Dan Cantrell suggested many years ago, these stand up meetings. 10-minute meetings. Everybody has to stand up, spit it out very fast, rapidly, get it done, assigned and all that. And then you move on, which I thought at the time was crazy because I couldn't stand up for 10 minutes. But, you know, (laughs) in in reality, it was absolutely a brilliant idea, you know, to to give people instant. And uh, I know parts of of your organization does that now, you know, have these, um, I forgot what they call them, but they're these- uh, Scrum meetings or- no, I can't think what they huddle. They have oh, these, yeah, huddles, yeah. These, these huddles uh, throughout the day. Like if a ticket comes in, it's high priority. If a project comes in, they have these huddles, these quick huddles that they're sitting down. They can last for hours, but, but you know, they have these huddles. And I think those kinds of positive reaffirmations to your employees. I mean, you can't tell your employees every day that they're great. But I think that organizations that can reaffirm to their employees that they matter and the way you do that is small little incremental things. So first you get a chocolate factory that drips down chocolate. So you can go get chocolate if you like chocolate or, you know, mm-hmm. Starbucks coffee or whatever it is. That's a, that's a great thing. And it's free. You know, you don't have to pay for it. And then, you know, they st- keep adding things because they want to keep their employees. You know, they want to retain their employees. So I do think that there are methods to avoid a performance review because they can be very stressful they can they can have you know devastating impacts and you know although organizations send most managers to these management training programs that doesn't talk about your personality it doesn't talk about how you see the world and all that stuff so some people are just negative people and you know they use words they don't mean any harm to it but you know like things didn't go well this year as I thought they would have, you know, that's that person's, that's how they see the glass, what half empty is that was that pessimistic yeah. they see that, you know, and some people are just that way where you've got other people who, you know, walk in and say, wow, what a great day. We did such a great job this week. We ought to pay ourselves an extra $3,000 or something like that. You know, so the performance review depends on how, how good the manager is. And I would say probably 60, 70% of managers are just m- mediocre. They're not great. I don't think I was a great manager, just just mediocre, you know, just basically gliding through there because it takes a certain evolution and a certain knowing yourself in order to know people. I'm an introvert. I don't particularly care for a lot of interaction and all that stuff. So short to the point, no whole bunch of conversation, you know. And that's not a good manager because managers need to be people people. They need to be outgoing and extroverts. And that's not to say an introvert cannot do that. But just just in general, you know, you need to be a people person that thinks about people all the time and put yourself in the shoes of your people. So how do you think, I know when we first started this podcast, you, you pointed out sort of the difference between managers and leaders. And like, I really think that that, like, that's something I'd never really thought about either is like a manager. HR, like, hey, I've got somebody use the example, like, uh, is it okay if I take my dog to the vet, right? Like, that's something you ask a manager. Uh, And leaders are more of the inspiring, you know, big picture, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's sort of always where I've seen it. Like, I know you did management, but I more see you as a leader. And I know a lot of times in like sort of the HR world, those two things just sort of get mixed in and like the leader becomes the manager, the manager becomes the leader. And it, I don't think it always makes the best sense. I think it takes a really special person to be able to do both of those really well, like really, really special. <laughs> you know, right. if, if 30% of managers are good managers, uh, you know, 5% of manager leaders are good manager <laughs> leaders. And, and that's a very important point. And that's what I was telling you. Like, so I thought I was a media because it's an evolution, you know, mm-hmm. it's an evolution of yourself, right? There's this, um, this thing that there's these four boxes. It's, you know, that describes these different types of things and self-awareness is one of those things, right? So mm-hmm. how aware of how you are perceived and how you are seen. And, you know, when I was telling you uh, before, when, um, I first retired, I felt very depressed and, you know, because I really started examining how I saw myself in my interactions with my family, not at work, you know, so I'm sitting here, you know, just chopping them up at, at home, you know, like, go wash the dishes, leave me alone, go do this, don't you have homework, and, you know, just chop. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, for efficiency's sake, yep, great, go do what you need to do. But in reality, human sake you know so what do we do for humanity you know if you're going to stand on your employee's neck you know you're going to be a micromanager following your employees around saying mean things to your employees and all that stuff you can almost guarantee that that employee is not happy they're not giving you their best work they're not being as productive as they could you're Mm -hmm. you're affection you're affecting the functionality of that whole team and so it takes time to learn how to manage and then learn how to lead. And the difference between manage, which means you're moving things around. Lead is guiding, guiding people to that next place or to that next thing or whatever it is. So for example, if you were working on, I don't know, a a cloud, something, another, Mm -hmm. and you found this great tool that would make it simpler and easier for anybody to learn the cloud, and you reached out to your team and other teams and said, hey, I found this great tool. I think we should try this. Here's what my experiences are. That's leading. That's a good example of leading. And I think I told you this the last time we talked, when you did the presentation on Go, that's Mm -hmm. leading. That's an example of leadership, you know, that you are taking things out of the context of, I know this, and I'm going to be the expert in this and giving it to other people. That's leading. Leading is growing people and companies. That's what a leader is. They grow things. They don't manage things so you know whether you know you've got a a rabbit in your garden and you're trying to get the rabbit out that's managing but building the fence so that the rabbit can't get in is leading yeah that that's a really good way to put it and i sort of think of that as like i don't know and i'll use like just talking about go as an example too but like i love go you've heard me talk about it way too much i'm sure but like me knowing it is one thing but then like having other people know it as well that like it just adds to everything like and it's good for me too like being a selfish person because the more people that know it that's more people for me to like (laughs) talk to uh and it sort of lifts i feel like that lifts everything up it's not dragging anybody down it's just hey if we can all get behind this and we all think it's cool well then like we all benefit right like everybody always uh, i guess pretty much everybody always benefits from more knowledge right or at least sharing and giving the people the opportunity to to have that sort of knowledge. 
you know, in a performance review environment, right? So you create immediate contention between mm -hmm. the person receiving it and the person giving it. I think that there are some times where, you know, for formality's sake, a company needs something on the record, right? Yep. yep. But what has to be on the record? So all that formality, you know, a self-assessment, a performance evaluation document, you know, a, a summary, you know, a grading, and then some kind of outcome. You get a raise, you don't get a raise, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think they create contention and confrontation in ways that are not always helpful. And I think that organizations should do a really good job of checking who they allow to be a manager. Just because you hire someone who has great experience, they've done all these things and all that stuff, that's great. That's really great. But in reality, the best part of it is, is to create an environment where your employees want to come and tell you what they're doing and share their stories with you. You know, it's like, you know, the old water cooler thing, you know, you talk about, well, we had a great weekend. We went and visited such and such. That's fodder because most, you know, like there's a training I went to and the woman's folks, she said, Anytime you ask anybody how they're doing, they're doing fine. And she would say, fine, 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 fine. Because it's not, it's a way of avoidance, right? So, yeah. you know, the water, water cooler is a way of avoidance, right? So, you know, yes, uh, I took the kids to Disney World. You know, we uh, ate some hot dogs on the ride. That, that really doesn't help you very much other than to tell you the person went to Disney World and they did something with their kids. But in order to get to know the person, you know, so, you know, what did you do? with or did you watch this movie you know have you watched dune you know that's my question i'm asking everybody now have you uh, watched dune yet <laughs> uh, yes i have by the way and i'm curious what you think of the new one but um not but, to but that's the way to get to know so what was your favorite character or what scene in the movie uh stuck with you you know that conversation around the water cooler breaks down barriers and helps people get to know each other yeah. but you know do you have a great weekend what'd you do for the weekend you know, they're yeah. going to give you a, a spiel that helps you get off from this conversation and move to the other. Uh, yeah. My my last manager did not like you to ask how he was doing. Uh, and I, I still to this day don't know why. Huh. But in reality, when you think about it, do I really care how he's doing? <laughs> And right. that's probably why he doesn't want you to ask. I don't know. I, he never did answer that question sufficiently for me. But, you know, think about ways to break down barriers that allow people to connect together and i think that's why i always and you know i'm not gonna harp on go because you taught us something else before that i can't remember what it was what, oh don't teach old people nothing because we're likely to forget you know send us a <laughs> message write it down send us a text or something but you know the, the people that are good leaders look forward they look forward they don't look for mistakes or problems because they're they're there they're everywhere we all make mistakes and there are problems everywhere but if you yeah. look forward what can we do better so the rabbit scenario if you build the pin so the rabbit doesn't get in you're looking forward because you don't know before you build the, the 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 enclosure you don't know that there are rabbits in your neighborhood maybe uh mm -hmm. or something but if you build for anticipating rabbits and deers and whatever else eats things you know that's looking forward thinking about this and then being willing to go back to the drawing board and say, hey, 
I need to rebuild this pen because I've kept the rabbits and the uh, deer out, but now I've got snakes and I got frogs and whatever other thing. I don't know. I, you obviously you don't know, you know I don't know what I'm talking about, but whatever creatures. I, I don't want any snakes anywhere near anything I'm building. <laughs> right. So you know how do I? Be? And that's the the process of leadership is constantly reevaluating, evaluating, growing, thinking about things forward, thinking about your employees in our context. I remember one guy told me, he said, I draw stick figures of my employees and I put them beside me. I put myself in the middle and I put them on either side of me. And he says, I have this little mental game I play, which one is going to succeed me? Which one is going to pass me? Hmm. And thinking about it that way, that's pretty powerful. Thinking about how you can grow your employees to replace you. One manager said to me many, many years ago, he said, the best managers in the world are the ones that's looking for their replacements. Yeah. Because those who are stuck in the same job and want that same job forever is going to keep their employees stuck too. And that, that's pretty powerful to me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Eminent Teachnology. If you like the show, please review, subscribe, and recommend us to your friends and family. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. You can email us at eminentteachnology at gmail.com. See y'all soon.